2020, God exposed America with a bunch of viral particles, a plague. God flicked and we buckled. Our political leaders shut down their states in fear. Our pastors abdicated the church as non-essential, and we have been scattered by petty, tyrannical resolutions and edicts into our homes or hiding our shame with masks. Businesses have been shut down by arbitrary, non-essential labels. Strip clubs, pot shops, and abortion facilities remained open, while churches were threatened, regulated, and fined. First Amendment rights were trampled on as we Christians were arrested by despotic, unprincipled local governments. Citizens were harassed by unelected health districts, and communities were threatened in their houses by cops. This sounds like a third world country, a bad dream, but it is not. It is the new America. This America is ruled by fear. This America is ruled by opportunistic politicians who don't give a damn about you. This America breeds a compliant citizenry that cares more about their strip clubs and DoorDash deliveries, that cares more about their safety and their comforts, than the truth that Jesus is King of Kings and that our freedoms are protected by the Constitution. This America is worse than King George III's America. It's time to take a stand, but to stand requires courage, and courage requires repentance. What we need is reformation and revival in our churches, in our families, in our communities, in our businesses, and in our government. Every square inch needs the blood of Jesus. We need to cease this moment where all our sins, fears, and failures have been exposed by God through this plague and gather to sing psalms, to feast, and to get strengthened, to be encouraged, and equipped to lead America back to Jesus, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. Governor after governor instituted some sort of shutdown, ignoring your constitutional rights. There was one governor, one state, that did not buckle and join the crowd of governors driven by fear. Governor Christine Nome has stood strong through this pandemic, and so we are bringing our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast rally to Rapid City, South Dakota, April 29th through May 1st. Join us in the land of the free and the home of the brave as we learn to love God, sing songs, and defy tyrants. What is going on with Biden? The same thing has been going on with <laughs> same. Biden. Same. <laughs> Nothing's he, new. He, I don't know what he's thinking these days. No one does. He did his first press conference in 70, I think 74 days. Is that, that's the longest it's ever yeah. taken for think, a yeah. new president to do a press conference. I think Trump has still done more press conferences than he has. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not president Former right President now. Trump <laughs> and his press conferences. Hey, you guys, welcome to Cross Politics. It's good to be with you on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy, and we got Papa Smurf in the studio. Oh, wow, he actually Jeffrey just... Botkins. We're, we, we, um, we met him and, uh, at our conference in Tennessee. Yes. Gabe, and, what, what did you call him? And Knox came home and is like, man, did you guys meet Papa Smurf? <laughs> he couldn't. He's like, Godfather, Papa just Smurf. And so it's kind of like it's kind of stuck with us in how we refer to you. We call you like Godfather, Papa Smurf. Just That's for the just, record, yeah, I yeah. have never called you that. I have. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's a term of endearment and respect. I just want you to know that we're, right now. We're going to we're gonna, we'll introduce more. Uh, Mr. Pastor Bakken, second segment, yep. um, but glad to have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. All the way from Tennessee. Uh, for everyone who's gotten their magazines, and, and for those who haven't, make sure you guys can, can connect with us. There's a couple magazines, a couple addresses. People have gotten their magazines. Yeah, pretty much everyone has. Okay. And I just, I just want right. to make sure we're doing our job and if, getting their magazines out. If you don't out. get it, let us know. Let us know. Are by, you done? By, at this point, you probably should have had it by now, unless you're like in Australia or Germany or something. So oh. um, reach out to I us. I saw somebody in... Was Australia? Australia, who yeah, got, who yeah. got there? That's right. You and know, it's been really fun is watching everybody post it on social media. Yeah, that is yeah. so huge, guys. Yeah. Don't stop doing that. Continue yeah. to post your magazine when you get it yeah. on social media. Can people Tag buy the, this copy? Can so they buy this? We're no. working on that logistic. Because that that's be, what everybody keeps asking. That will be possible. They're like, we forgot to subscribe. We didn't subscribe. We didn't know about um, it. How Ian, can we get this? Ian's really behind on his responsibilities. <laughs> so. <laughs> throw them under the bus. Well, welcome, Ian. So anyways, if you haven't, you can subscribe. 60 bucks, uh, four editions, uh, mini book-like experience every quarter. The next one comes out 
June. In June. Uh, no, one? July 1st. July 1st. Did okay. we settle on the title? And the title of that one is In the Presence of My Enemies. Um, so it's Good. on feasting. I'm glad in that the presence of my you enemies got that correct. Feasting. I mean, yeah. we talked about it, and yeah. then you, you actually, actually announced it, right. it correctly. Way to go. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sanctifying. <laughs> All right. Okay, me and my wife had some good conversations this week. I'm growing. <laughs> Dripology. <laughs> Dripology. Hey, guys, I'm excited about our conference in Rapid City. Me too. We at, we finally filled out our speaker uh, list. Um, yep. We haven't finalized our live show. We're going to do a live show on Saturday afternoon oh. in front of our, our live audience and everything. <laughs> and I haven't figured out, finalized what we're going to do there. But all our speakers are now finalized. Yep. And we, fi- we finally f- f- fixed things with Nate. Nate. Nate's difficult. Nate Wilson, Indy Wilson. <laughs> We finally got him to commit. We love you, Nate. And we love you. And the topic of his title is? How not to suck. Yeah. There you go. Why, why Christians didn't suck yeah. or something like that. How not, how not to suck. Which, which Christians need to really work on. We're pretty bad at these things recently. Uh, I'm for, really curious. He could do anything with that. I know. I don't <laughs> even know yeah. what that means. For yeah. a live show, can you get Christine Gnome to come to that show? Um, so we're that'd be really fun, Gabe. Because we need to ask her people, about this tranny bill business. I know. Our, our, we're we're in touch um, with her, but I can't guarantee we're going to get her. Tell her we're friendly. Send her the governor show that we did. I got I got people. <laughs> I got I got my friends talking to her friends. Okay. So, but well, have you sent her any of our coffee yet? Maybe that's the problem. Because this is really good. Yeah, and, I think and, if she had some of our coffee, she would come. And she maybe be thinking a little more straight about the. Um, yeah, the tranny bill business. I don't know. I, she she oh, realized. We can find out more of what's going on behind the scene. I'm so excited to announce this. Okay. Okay. Warriors in the Garden. So before our conference in Rapid City, 11 special guests can join us. 11. 11. Wow. At this point, might, we might have room for maybe 12 or 13. 11 were, special guests were. can join, join me, Toby, Knox, and our special ninja ops Delta Force guy, Nate. Uh, in training in South Dakota um, Tuesday through Thursday. So we start Tuesday at lunch. Through Thursday, we're going to go to a special training camp uh, about an hour outside of Rapid City um, where they actually do uh, sniper training and all, all sorts of like stuff. And so special ops training. Yeah, and so we are um, just had this opportunity. The camp's opening their doors to us. We're just going to kind of do a two-day wow. run on this. Really excited about it. Nate's fantastic. He's a solid Christian brother. Yeah, uh, He was I think he did 16 special forces missions as a Delta. Yeah, um, I, don't know. I, th- I think maybe, I, I hope I'm saying it I right. The, right I, know I don't know. Deadly. He's I, like yeah. a black belt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whatever language that a commoner like me, I hope I'm being accurate for a guy like Nate. <laughs> no. And, no, 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 you weren't. And, and so we're going to be doing this um, Tuesday through Thursday. We can only let 11 people in. It's, we haven't finalized pricing. It's going to be between $1,600 and $2,000 per person. Okay. But that comes with renting Ammo, six guns. Ammo's included. Six Ammo's guns. Included, six guns. Ammo's included. Mills are included and lodging's included on this on this ranch. It's like 48 hours. It's almost yeah. worth it yeah. for the ammo alone. <laughs> well, I mean, the training like this without food and rental and all that stuff, it's usually about $700 to $1,000 a day. Anyways. So it's yeah. about the same price, but you're getting food, rental, and my, you don't have to bring your guns. They're actually going to have six I, different guns. I told my kids about them. this, and they wanted to know if the, he was going to make us do push-ups. So I'm glad you asked because <laughs> here's the schedule. Oh. Uh, can you have my face fade through this, Ian? Okay, he's working on it. Um <laughs> The schedule, uh, we're going to kick off uh, noon on Tuesday. And is that you or me? I don't know who that is. <laughs> wow. I think that's definitely you. Notifications. Yeah. And, and so the schedule kicks off noon on Tuesday um, and ends noon on Thursday. That's definitely you. <laughs> Whose computer that's is that? Definitely Just you. sitting up there. You acting like it wasn't. Uh, but so you can you can see there's oh, going to be some, some talks. There's some talks. There's going to be some uh, obviously food uh, stories, bonfire time. I mean, this is total like oh, but, man but cave. Look, there, is, there is a workout. There is a workout six a.m. in the morning. Oh man! And um, to quote from Nate, this is a good quote from Nate. Nate said he's going to make Chocolate Knox see the wizard during the workout. Uh oh. I see the wizard. I That's, that must be some sort of Delta I thing. I know what he's talking about. I see the wizard every day, Nate. <laughs> 6 a.m., Nate. Uh-oh. Come meet me, dog. <laughs> Come on, yo, dog. Uh-oh. And, and then so um, uh, uh, we're going to basically ballistics kind of ballistics and zeroing. And zeroing and basic rifle, long-range marksmanship. close-quarter combat tactics. Oh, yep. man. That's nice. Combat medicine, top shot competition. Yep. Yeah. And I think, I believe... Um, that we're going to do a long range competition shooting too oh. of like like twenty eight hundred feet. I'm going to beat you and everything. Like I'm going to beat you, Gabe. Twenty eight hundred feet. 
uh, competition. Look, I don't so. care who beats me as long as I beat both of y'all. <laughs> just, That's all I care about. This. So uh, the whole point how, is how we do don't have up? we don't have a link yet to this, oh. but if you want to get early on the list, um, first come first serve. Email us at contact at fightlaughfeast and say you're in. Okay. Um, uh, like I said, it's going to be we're finalizing the number sixteen hundred to two thousand dollars. You'd have to fly in on on Monday or Tuesday morning. Uh, it kicks off at lunch on Tuesday. Okay, and, this is huge. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. There's you know um, to be able to have an experience with a special force guy to walk us through kind of um, his mentality and the theology behind how you think through these things, and also to get familiar with guns and kind of get familiar with some of the ways of of wow. handling and thinking about combat and everything. I think it's it's, it's really good. The last, so yeah. we we did something. We did a project when we were in Tennessee with. Um, Actually, your sons, where they took yeah. us to a church, and for for the, I've always had theology about this, and I've always had tactical understanding, awareness about this right. issue. Right. It was the first time they took me and actually made my theology and tactical like this. Oh yeah, and and where I didn't compromise the gospel in the process. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of the first times I heard someone actually talk about the necessity of keeping a, a medical bag with you. So everybody usually will carry guns to church. But most people aren't ready to take care of the person if they have to yeah, put them get, down or somebody else shot. gets shot. Yeah, right. And so how, how are you going to – it was really good. It opened my eyes. I was like, I need to be doing more of this kind of stuff. So I can't, I can't talk about how important this is. Enough. Yeah, let me, let me just say, too, for, for those of you who don't get into the 11, you all need to be training every day anyway. Yes, right. And you, even if you don't have ammo, you can dry fire. Yeah. And you should. And, and – uh, David, you should be dry firing every day too I do. with your stuff. Yeah. I do. So everyone can do that. And right. yes, ammo is totally expensive right now, out right. of reach. And yeah, but you need to be doing. You know, before this conference, all of you all need to be doing a good ten thousand rounds of dry firing. Well, I don't mm. do that much. Wow! Oh, okay. Whoa! I don't even know. Like a week do. or a month or a year before the conference. <laughs> okay. That's right. thir- thirty-five days. In a day. oh. <laughs> so, so try. I mean, you can do that. I mean, yeah. just, you know, multitask. If you're studying, um, have your guns out. Just take a break and and dry fire. Mm-hmm. Shoot that virus particle over there on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good. That's great. Well, so Biden yeah. had his first press conference. I think right. in seventy-four days. Okay, uh, and and here. Uh, actually, was this this wasn't even a press conference? This was uh, I'm before sorry. this. I'm sorry. This is before the press this conference. Is before the press conference, right. and and this is actually a talk on Women's Day. Yeah, it was that, yeah. that Biden gave. Oh, okay, equal and, pay for equal, it was equal pay day actually. Yeah, which so, is, there's all sorts of okay. data problems with his analysis there. But anyways, uh, you got it. You got to check this out. I've told my daughters, granddaughters, from the time they were old enough to understand what I was saying, and I mean it. There's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do as well or better. Not a single thing. I was among the first senators ever to appoint a woman to the Naval Academy. I was just able to, as President of the United States, appoint two women as four-star generals who now are combatant commanders. Shame on us. Three out of the six are combatant commanders, and they're women. Women. There's so many, some in the Congress, who are jet fighter pilots, flying at twice the speed of sound. So many, doing so much. Man, whoa! <clears throat> Can't. Uh, is there anything a man a, a man can do that a woman can't do? And is there anything a woman can do that a man can't do? Well, where do we want to start at? Exactly. Alphabetically or numerically? Exactly. <laughs> Right. Can, a, can a man have a baby? How long a list do you want? I mean, so we all know that that's wrong. Yeah. We all know that's wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and, and that's the problem. But there's there's a few things that I was thinking about with this. Uh, but I actually want to know, as you hear this clip, what, oh. what some of the first things that drop in your head? Well, it's here's what drops into my head. Why are people so fearful of staying so politically correct that they would do something like this to put lives in, in jeopardy? Mm-hmm. Right. And did you guys hear just, I think it was maybe 10 days ago or so, he had another announcement describing how they're going to be aggressive about changing the military. And then he went yeah. on to describe, okay, you heard that one? Yeah. yeah. Um, body armor that fits women. Yeah. yeah right. Changing even the standards. Hair, said, hair standards and everything. Yeah, hair, yep. yeah yep. maternity flight suits. Okay. 
That's what? Yes. 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 Yeah. They had pictures okay. of women in maternity uh, that's, flight suits. Okay. That's just sending right. a woman into battle with yeah. a baby in her belly. Right. Okay. They don't. They don't understand war. But there are people, and I'm not saying that. By, well, maybe I could say this because I've been following him since he was in the Senate way back in the '90s, talking about gun control and military reform. I'm sorry. But but he, they want to weaken deliberately and have talked about this privately, the military readiness of this country. And this is one really good way to do it. And then when you make it fashionable, everybody wants to get on board. And so many young women think, well, I, you know, I need to do this to prove several things that I'm a patriot. I want to defend my country. Right. But that I can show that women can do these things too. Yep. But they're not thinking about the lethality of combat and the horrors of combat. In fact, yeah. the military does have uh, stats. They do do studies on this, the kinds of, of mental disturbances of women who have to see what's going on around them, the slaughter and, and the dismemberment of bodies and being captured, being raped, and these, these things are happening to them. And so m- women who are now being put on the front line and have been for the last few years, They've got the data on this. Yeah. They've done studies on these women who've come back. Now, here's what's really interesting. So instead of fixing that by saying, we made a big mistake, right. yep. no more women, they say, okay, here's what we're going to do because we're, we're really good social engineers. We're going to redesign women mm. chemically so that they can endure the kinds of things that men can. So we make emotionally. a man. Basically, yeah, so they're working on drugs to give these women to make them more resilient to the horrors of, of war. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now, gentlemen, um, Christians have fixed this kind of thing in the past. You know, when Ireland used to put women on the front line and push them forward with sticks mm-hmm. oh, man. Um, into the front lines, it was the Christians who saw that, and Adamnan was one of the men who did, who was, who was one of the leaders on the island of, of uh, Iona. Mm. And his, he and his mother visited a battlefield after, after it had happened mm-hmm. and just saw all, these, all the carnage of the women who were dead and described it and said, one of the most horrible things is to see the body of the woman here, the head of the woman here, mm-hmm. and the little babe on the breast of the woman with a trickle of blood on one cheek mm. and a trickle of milk on the other cheek. <laughs> oh. And so his mother said to him <clears throat> that day, you need, you need to rescue the women of Western civilization from this. And he's the one who wrote the Law of the Innocents. And it was codified and, and ratified in 697 A.D. And from that point forward, nations stopped doing that as much as they were. Now, did it clean everything up? No. But Christians had cultural impact right. then. And right. see what happened? It was a good beginning. Right. And it was a good legacy but to copy. We have, we, and we're in a situation right here where even that's taking, that's taking the battle to them. Yes. That's, right. saying, right. that's saying this is, not, this is not just I don't disagree with it. They're saying this is evil, <laughs> this is wicked, and it must stop. And I don't know of any significant conservative voice in politics that's actually standing up and saying that. Nope. Doing this to our daughters and our sisters and our mothers is evil, yeah. and it must stop. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe somebody like Rand Paul or, or Ben no, Sasser. I've not heard it, and no, I would no. think they would be in the news if they had. Um, but but we're not taking the battle to them. And instead, even when you know, even when Trump was in office, he's standing up and he's getting all the Republicans to clap because they have the most women in Congress ever. Right. And all the Republicans, all the conservatives, are just going along with it like yeah. that's something to celebrate, um, which isn't honoring our mothers, our sisters, our daughters. It's not celebrating women at all. No, and actually, this reminds me a lot of the same problem that we had in the garden about protecting our women. Oh yeah. Um, this is a serpent talking, and everybody should have heard that forked tongue and that coming from his mouth and the same thing is what you should hear coming from the culture fathers need to be training and teaching their daughters where their value really is what God has made them for this goes back to the very beginning of how God made man Mm. and woman and then fathers need to remind them as they go along the way and teach them honey you are a beautiful vessel Made to bring forth life, you right. know, yeah. not, not made to bring forth death. Right? right. That's we men are designed to protect and keep. That's what we're designed for. And our women, we need to remind all the. I mean, right now, when you can give a woman or give a man the Woman of the Year <laughs> award, yeah. what are you saying about yeah. women? Right. 
Not valuable. Yeah, they're not no. valuable. And right. so now all the makeup that we see in the culture is designed to cover up something so we don't see the true beauty of a woman anymore, right. Right. but that a man can imitate right. that yeah. when, and, you, when and, he has enough yeah. of it on. Right, yeah. If you put a dress on, you're as good as a woman. Right, exactly. No, that's, not, that's not a woman made in the image of God. You can't, you can't trick that out like that. You, that's that's com- a complete. Was it, was it Nevada that recently awarded a, a tranny, uh, the Miss, Miss Nevada Award? Oh, I, I think, think something like that. I think it's I'm, bad I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not surprised. No. But again, so even even the men are more beautiful than the women now, or something. <laughs> it's like Ouch. they got bigger butts or whatever. Man, you know, man, yeah. it's, it's it's outrageous. Yeah. I, right. I, I are we going to talk about the Ninth Circuit decision? Yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're just, getting there. The problem was Gabe took so long getting through all the pew pew. <laughs> that we're going to have to take it. Oh, we're going to, you're going to bring it back. And we're going to come back. Warriors okay. in the Garden. Okay. Yeah. Email us at contact at fightlabfeast.com. If you want to get on the list, we only got 11 slots. Rapid City, South Dakota. Mm. It's, it's like the 11 disciples that they didn't betray. You know, only didn't one to betray we Jesus. Find one more. Me, and Toby, and Knox will be there training with you guys, <laughs> and Knox is going to see the wizard, apparently. <laughs> I see him every. More cross politics <laughs> coming up with Jeffrey Botkins next. My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996, so I'm coming up on 24 years. When people ask me, does it really work? I say, oh, it works fantastic. I send my money to somebody every month. But we had a need. My wife uh, was spent a little bit of time in the hospital about three months ago, and so I had, I had a checklist with about 39 names on it, and 39 checks came in. Some of the cards, some of the things people had to say, it was amazing to watch. We, we got through nothing that first segment. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, that's not true. We, we did. We covered a lot of good stuff. But um, welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight Laugh Feast Network. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Sovereignty Roast Cross Politic Coffee. Mm. I'm sorry. I can't stop looking at it. It's I, chocolate knots brought for me. Your computer and the fact that you cover up your camera is everything that I need to know about. <laughs> I, Look at you, that tape. You can probably you know, see it right here on the camera. Yeah, right you, you don't trust the government whatsoever in LD. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust Apple or Microsoft or none with of us, them. With us in the studio today, we are very grateful to have um, Pastor Jeffrey Botkin, cultural and Analyst, political consultant, veteran filmmaker, husband, father, and it doesn't say here, but you are a pastor. Yeah, that's, um, right. uh, that's I didn't know that. It's, on the, it's not on the list, Gabe. You I, never told me that. That's, he's, he's a constant. In our long friendship. <laughs> well, do you guys do uh, background checks on your guests? We, we, I Googled you, and I found a bunch of old articles attacking you, and I was like, this is our boy. This is, I couldn't find anything about you being a pastor. I saw you were elder. I did see the elder thing, but he, and then I got distracted by all these articles, like bad, would, bad, bad mouth yeah, and we, uh, we, Papa Smurf. We found some some hate, you know, yep. hate essays about you, and we're yeah. just going down the list, and we're like, man, that's awesome. Okay. That's he's like, awesome. he's like preaching God's word, and I'm like, ah, yeah, well, that's true. And yeah. do you currently serve as a senior consultant to the Western Conservatory of the Arts and Sciences? Yeah, yes, and and uh, but primarily, does it say on there about T Rex arms? Yeah, not, I think you got a, an old, an old bio. Oh, okay, yeah. that's what I was going to talk, ask you yeah. about. And, and, yeah. and are that's you, definitely Noah's fault. <laughs> are you? Well, Noah's not and, and are, we're Noah. what, What's your title at, at T Rex Arms? Uh, senior advisor. Senior, I'm on the on the board yeah. there. Yeah, right here on my my side. Mm. I have a. Oh, look at you! I have, a, I have a holster that I got from T Rex Arms. Ooh. You do too. Oh, With you the got the side carry. You get the side carry one. Yeah. yeah. You traveled, so you don't have. I was going to ask you if you wanted something because, you know, right well, you're here, here, you know. Sure, yeah. Naked, you know. Yeah, well, when we do travel, those of us with a company, it's not hard to travel with weapons. <gasps> yeah, you just check them. Can you hire yeah. me so I can? No. Travel no, you, you. Can, no, you can do that. You Anybody can do, can do that. Really? How yeah. do you do that? You just go to the front desk. You say, I need to declare a firearm. Mm-hmm. They give you an orange. Um, card to fill out you check it in your luggage if you're traveling with checked luggage and there's two or three other things that they do and they just say fine that's fine uh southwest is really really good with it okay Okay. that's good to know so then the problem though that i'm noticing is that when i get wherever i'm going i still i might as well have rocks because i can't get ammo Okay. Right. So where I go yeah. to get, you know, how do you get the ammo? Well, you have a friend who has some waiting for you when you arrive. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're saying. So you got yeah. friends around here is what you say. Or, or if you're going to train, um, yeah. you have it shipped two or three days you ahead can ship of time. Ammo? Oh, yeah. You can ship. U- UPS will take it anywhere you want it to go. Why didn't I know that? 
I think I no, I don't think I knew that because we hadn't had uh, Pastor Botkin on the show. (laughs) Good to know. Uh, So uh, tell us about uh, T Rex Arms. Yeah, well, we call ourselves a Sixth Commandment company. There we go. And then people say, "Okay, now what are you talking about?" Yeah, but we're talking about the fact that you know, well, thou shalt not kill. We need to reintroduce reintroduce these ideas as we're discipling the nation and the world. Right. But there's corollaries to that, aren't there? You don't let bad guys kill people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you preserve life. It's a life preserving commandment. Right. And so we say, how are we going to do that? Well, all through history, and I hope we can talk about this some later. Christians have taught the world that civilians need to be armed everywhere, not just in their houses, but everywhere Mm -hmm. because they're the protectors of liberty, protectors of society. And so our company is known now for being the the providers of equipment and gear for the modern-day Minuteman, mm. because that's how we're going to protect our, our nation wow. and, our, and our friends and our loved ones. See, you probably saw this Ninth Circuit decision from the couple, you know, was it yesterday? Did see, did see yeah, very, very briefly. And, yeah. and, the, and the one thing, what, what they decided, and this is a, the Ninth Circuit uh, ruled. It's, and Ninth Circuit is, you know, California, basically. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a liberal, left-leaning circuit. Yeah, yeah, circuit yeah. But yeah. seven to four ruling um, in uh, seven. Young versus Hawaii um, says that the Second Amendment only applies to hearth and home and not the public square. Um, and I was you, – you mentioned Minutemen there, and I, I covered this in my daily news brief for this morning, and the, um, the, that was the thing that I just kept on chuckling about was thinking to myself, right, you know those early patriots. Um, you know, they, they, they only ever carried in their homes. Yeah. Yeah, that's how they. Yeah. That's how they threw off the tyranny. They saw of, the whites of, of their eyes from of, their homes of King George. Yeah, they always were <laughs> yeah. in their bedrooms. Yeah, and in their living when rooms. They Maybe they went as far as their front porch, but never yeah. beyond. And it's like, it's it's well, ridiculous. But I think what is and this will get. I, I want to bring this up because I started looking through this and looking through Second Amendment law, and there's a case back in 1873, right during the time of Reconstruction, it's Crookshank versus um, United States. Okay. And in and what happened was in 1873, during the time of Reconstruction, black people were just allowed to vote. And them not, just now being able to allow to vote, they voted in people who cared about them. I just want to make this clarification. They started winning races. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly, really quickly. And they were Republican, just so everybody knows. Now, I'm not for the Republican, but I'm just telling you because nobody talks about this, this narrative. Right. And so Republican black man win this election in Louisiana and then uh, white Democrats decided that they felt like they were cheated out of their this okay. role. They lost the, they, the, they, the, they, the fraud, lost voter fraud? The voter fraud. <laughs> Is that what? <laughs> Dominion machines. Be yeah. careful how you start lining this up. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so they challenged it in the court. The judge actually said, no, this was a fair election. They yeah. actually won. Um, and so he seated the black Republicans in their in the office, right. and and so the white the white republic the white Democrats wanted retaliation, okay. and they kept saying that. So the black Republicans said, "Hey, we better protect ourselves." Right. But mind you, this is an office of the state. Right. These men won. They're legislators. Yeah. yeah, right. And so they actually had soldiers, black soldiers, protect them. I don't know where the rest of the soldiers were, mm-hmm. since it was an office. But, but, but bodyguards <laughs> but, yeah, of some none sort? Of that. None of that was there. So, Security was, detail. Yeah, so it was about 167 or so black people that were protecting this these officers inside of this office. So it's Easter Sunday. Uh, the white Democrats came in and burnt and killed everybody. Mm. And... And some by the time the black people were uh, black Republicans had lost all their ammo, they came out and surrendered and they assassinated them one by one, calling them out by name. Crazy wow. massacre, crazy massacre. Wow. And so um, I think Grant had heard about what it went on and sent the, some soldiers down there and went and only found nine. I think 100 or so were brought to uh, were, were known about. It was 300. Nine were captured. Five were tried and they couldn't get them on the death penalty. So they went after him for the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. It said, and the Fourteenth Amendment, okay. saying that that these white Democrats infringed upon their right to assemble mm. and infringed on their right to bear arms, and that they were doing this as citizens. Remember, the Fourteenth Amendment was just ratified right. at this time. Well, the well, they lost in their local courts. Um, the white Democrats lost in their local courts. Won in the Supreme f- Court. federal courts. Really. And then the Supreme Court, so the federal court said that what happened was they did not infringe upon that right because that second, the first, second, and 14th Amendment only um, apply to the state and the feds, not to individuals. So it's regulating what the federal government can do, not what the states can do. And so the Supreme Court said, right, 
we agree with this and none of them nobody was tried nobody was found guilty they all let off they all were let off and so <laughs> Gabe and I were talking about this earlier and the argument is and this is a state's right argument right the argument is did these men actually have the right to assemble in their state even though it probably wasn't legal in the state um, for them to assemble bear arms 14th man did the was that law actually only limiting the federal government, state and federal, or was it actually limiting individuals? So, so the, the, the question is, um, does the Second Amendment only apply to the federal government? So the federal government cannot make any law regarding carrying weapons, et cetera, right? right? And can, but, but, but can, can the states. states make laws? Right. And, and let me bring this and, all the way home, because if the states can make laws, then what Hawaii is doing is legal. Is legal. Right. If right. what, if, if what so, that's, but, that, but that's part of the contradiction of what's happened in the in this country because originally the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments, were written expressly to limit the federal government. Right, right. not the states, not the states. Yes. Right, um, but um, at the time of the Civil War and the. 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, that started to flip. Right. And when the now, federal government started and, and, to limit the states. And and, and the, the notion of incorporation was the idea that those civil rights that were guaranteed uh, for the states um, against the federal, uh, federal government were then incorporated into enforcement in states. Well, because states still didn't acknowledge the fact that black people were American citizens yet. Right, some of them. Right, 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 <laughs> so, right. right. So, and so yeah, and so, that, but that's the that's the tension is that it, it they we you can't have it both ways. But basically, our country has been in, in a long process of trying to have it kind of both ways. Yeah. And I think um, where I, I would say in general, everywhere the feds think they can get away with it, they have taken it away from the states. Mm-hmm. But I think the Second Amendment is one of those places where they've known they've had the hardest with it. Um, I was reading an article this morning uh, by David French on this, actually, and he noted that the Supreme Court has actually been fairly uh, hands-off in many respects, though there's been a few rulings um, on this. Uh, but I think that's the question, and he, and he was raising the question, are they going to take it up now? Because you've got, um, you've got this one, um, you've, also, right. um, you've also got the uh, – there's a fourth, um, uh, fourth Amendment case that's before the Supreme Court yeah, right seizures. now regarding the seizure of, of firearms. Um, and there's another case that I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and so there's but the, seizure of the firearms by who? The feds or the state? That, in that case, it was I believe it was state uh, law enforcement, but I, um, right. I, I don't remember the so detail. Then, so then my question is, what if, if, if what you're saying is true, which is, you, we were talking about this this morning, which is, um, yes. I was arguing that the states could limit your right to bear arms um, because they have states' rights. The federal government, the U.S. Constitution, limits the federal government, not the states. So the states can kind of do whatever they want with free speech, religion. We can, you know, The example I gave you is like if Idaho wants to be a Presbyterian state, we can be a Presbyterian sure, state. Sure, right? but, but what individual rights are going to be acknowledged and upheld for for individuals under the under the umbrella of America? Well, the good thing, at so least in Idaho, our, our state constitution – protects our right to gather, right to assemble, right to bear arms, and, and all, our state does that. Yeah. It, it, because I'm saying, I, I'm just saying that, listen, if you're going to do that, then the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourteenth Amendment, none of those things apply. And so the state can do whatever they want to with They apply to the federal government. Right, but I'm saying, does a person have individual freedom to keep and bear arms? Depends on your state. Yeah, let me ask this. In, yeah. Here in Moscow, do the police, the local police, take an oath to support the U.S. Constitution? Yes, they do. Okay. In the discussion... They have got to enforce that. They have to protect your rights to mm. keep and bear arms anywhere. Okay, well, they and, cannot and, disarm you. And our Idaho Constitution, I think, is the only constitution in the U.S. that actually says that the U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of our land here in Idaho. So we're a little okay. unique in that way. Yeah. So then, would so, you I'm, go, go ahead? Well, I, okay. So when we get caught up in a lot of these in the grass and the details of, of some of these discussions, remember that tyrants always will use the color of law to try to get their way. Which is, we've got to disarm the citizenry any way we possibly can. Right. And we'll play tricks. We'll play games. We'll do things with words. And that's what we see happening here. You look back through history, our 900 year history. The basic law, that was the common law that was established by Christian leaders and then codified and passed on to their sons and grandsons, you cannot, no one, no magistrate anywhere, no, if he's small, if he's a sheriff, if he's, if he's a, a king, he cannot disarm any man. Um, I think it was first codified in, in 1025 by King Canute. Mm. He, was, he was a Viking who invaded England. He heard a sermon. He was converted. Huh. And he said, how can I be a better Christian gentleman king? 
than any who've gone before me. We need to codify scriptural laws into the law of the land, and that's, that's the British common law. And it's been improved mostly. I mean, there, and there have always been tyrants. You know, uh, King John, who ha- had to be confronted by the nobles with all their weapons on their hips, just like you guys have. Robin Hood. And, okay. And, <laughs> and, and Henry VIII tried right. to disarm his people, right. playing around with games and the words of the law. He was trying to say, well, right. maybe if you're hunting on a particular piece of land, you can have a weapon, but no other way. But having an armed citizenry and, have, and never having a, a, a statist army, a standing army, that right. has been passed on from, uh, well, basically from King, King Alfred's time. Yeah. Right. Wow. And so we've had, so your policemen here, I mean, they're taking an oath to defend, okay, yep. the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Interesting. Yep. The city council, if they're the enemies, and saying, hey, you know, disarm Gabe. They cannot do that. They have to say, no, I, I have an oath to a, a, a higher law, mm-hmm. and we're not going to do it. And by the way, there's no way we're going to do it. Even if you come up with an excuse, we're going to hang on to the common law that's been passed on to us. The citizenry has to be armed because there are people like you in the city council who want to be tyrants. Mm-hmm. So the, the Second Amendment really is its a doomsday provision to go against and to actually kill politicians. Mm-hmm is really why it was written. Our founders understood yeah, that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm being yeah. very blunt, and they yeah. were very yeah. blunt, too. Right. Yeah. And, that's, and they all understood that. That's right. why we have to have this right. written down and right. on the books. Well, so, it, so his, I want to uh, kind of push this just a little further. Um, you know, so Idaho, I think, is a little unique, but let's say a state like, you know, I don't, I don't Hawaii. know. Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> do, they, do they have the right, you know, because the U.S. Constitution limits the federal government, do, does Hawaii have the right to limit the right to bear arms? Because they're kind of a you know a sovereign in that sense. Well, if they uh, Hawaii's a whole different interesting story. Yeah, 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 we're we're familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, if they tried it, I mean, I mean, the people of that state then would be living under tyranny, and there would be no way for them to protect their freedom. So pretty much every state is is, living under tyranny right now. Yeah, but to me, what I was part of what I was trying to argue with Knox earlier was like if if Hawaii or California, whatever, wants to limit. My right to bear arms. Well, well, no, I'm going to no, no. get out of that state. No, no, not just limit oh. your right to bear arms. Limit your right to actually freedom of speech. Free, free speech, whatever. Yeah. Okay. If and, they're going to make laws, if, if they're going to make laws against that, well, then I'm going to go to Idaho or I'm going to go. Like, I like the, the kind of the free market ability. But my question to, is different, though. My question okay. is, what is the covenant agreement between the states and the federal government? Well, there's that question. Mm-hmm. But then part of what. Uh, Pastor Bakken's also raising is, but what is that state's duty before God? And I'm agreeing. Right. So, so you, I mean, I, yeah. so you, you have multiple layers here. I'm agreeing. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually saying that all of them should be submissive to God in right. this process. Yeah, right. And yep. so, therefore, they shouldn't be limited to anything right. at this point. But what's interesting is I'm looking also and figure out what law do we have to stand on to push against some, something that's happening with Hawaii. I'm seeing precedent set in the past. He that, said the Sixth Commandment. <laughs> that's the law absolutely yeah. um, I, but I want to find something still that's more like what Paul said am I not a Roman citizen can sure. I not use right. are you going to treat me like this so I want to find I know we have anchors there but as I look through we don't have a good history with how we've handled the second amendment at all or the, the but, first amendment well, in some cases but I think this goes back to his point is, is that I think what we've had though is we've had um, pe- I think it is there's a certain kind of political mindset a certain kind of administrative state mindset um, that believes fundamentally that salvation is found in the state is yeah. found in yeah. centralized power um, and it's it's essentially wanting to it, it hates God it hates Christ um, and it and so needs to be sort of all-powerful in the place of Christ and then what they what do they do they're happy to play both sides so they can run the federal power play right but yep. then when that's not working they can come back around they're happy to play the state's rights play sure. until if, yeah if the state's rights you know is banning firearms well, and enforcing yeah. you know yeah. butchering no, of babies in their mother's yeah. womb yeah. they're running the state that's rights right. play in virginia too right now what they just abolished uh, uh, the death the death penalty, penalty. Yeah. Right. right so we can kill babies but we can't kill be, murderers be, before obergefell remember there were states so-called legalizing the marriage of sodomites. Right. I mean, that was happening in California, states, yeah. and they were happy to run the states' rights play. Nobody's enforcing this on you. When more than, like, I think two-thirds of the states also passed laws that said marriage is one man and one woman, and the Supreme Court comes along and just steamrolls the whole thing. They, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to them. 
They'll do it either way. So, Pastor Baca, as you, I'm just go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I want to ask you. So, when you look at the case like Hawaii. It's a messed up situation. Yeah. You know, this is a messed up pile, right? So, but this is the one in front of us right now. The problem. How do you go about trying to fix this where you can continue to have your freedom? Yeah, it it, it is really difficult. I think just replacing the people who are playing these games. So you can't win this battle particularly. With these people in power, with these judges who are in, in, we're going to have to run candidates who understand this and who really will be faithful to their oaths. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think that's part of the next transition process. Now, of course, there are people out there who say, hey, that'll never happen. We don't have time. We're too far down the road. We're going to have to pick up weapons and shoot. Now, yeah. remember the wisest and most careful men who've gone before us. They, were ne- they never rushed into these things. They were very patient. Yeah. Our, fa- our, our forefathers dealing with King George. Right. I mean, they had a corrupt parliament right. who was playing games with them and taking them in circles all the time. They appealed. They appealed again. They appealed again. They appealed again until every yeah. possible course of action was exhausted. No, that's and, right. And then, and then the bad guys attacked them. Yeah. And they fired the first shot. We responded, defend ourselves, and got rid of the dragon. We killed, we killed the dragon. Right. Yeah. And they realized it, we could only do that because God was fighting for us. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. so we, we, have to, we have to keep the rules of engagement biblical. Right. You know, I'm very angry about these things, but we cannot let any anger drive us to try to fix things immediately. Right. And I think your, your point about, I mean, we, we really haven't, we've had very, very few faithful candidates to actually try to run yes i mean we and and i think we we need godly men who don't care what anyone thinks about them who who hate all bribes who you know who love god who fear god love his law and and, and hate I mean, lies and and actually will stand up and say things love like okay this is an this is absolutely wickedness what we're doing to our daughters and our sisters and our mothers yeah, in, yeah. in, in mil, the military what 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 the president has said is nothing to celebrate it is absolutely shameful and it is weakening us but where we need those men to stand up we need we need men to stand up who will say no life is sacred from conception it belongs to god and you have no right there's no right to take it absolutely it's murder to take it and we need People just to stand up and begin saying that clearly into the microphone. And I think, we, you know, we've talked about on the show before many times, you know, leftists frequently are a lot more patient and persevering than Christians. They keep, yep. they run the play. They run the long game. They, they, mm-hmm. they run the long game. Yep. They, they say, we'll take what we can get now and we'll come back next year. And, right. and, and they have no reason to be, honestly, because they, they, don't, they don't know the God who runs this place. We do. Yep. We know that he does bless faithfulness well, long term. And, and, and I just want to add to that. You know, we got to remember that the power of Christ, when we always think about that, we, we think about it and we forget the power of Christ is actually the power over death. Right. So we have no problem. <laughs> and, and where and where there's death, yeah. this is what, you know, we serve the God of Easter. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. All right. Um, next, coming up, I want to talk about my big thank you to white people. What? More cross-politics. <laughs> coming up next. Oh, great. We didn't discuss this. <laughs> that was not in the notes. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. How come when Toby counts off, you're ready to go? I don't. He's a pastor. Uh, <laughs> more authority. Yeah. You're uh, are peers. <laughs> he is a deacon. Dang it. <laughs> I don't know how to get out of that one. Welcome back to Cross Politic. You know, I, I just want to give a little shout out to our uh, our studio audience. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a little studio oh, audience. It's yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah, hey, there's some clap. There we go. Out right there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Really grateful for you. Uh, it's as it's as big as the entire team at Gab. <laughs> and, and they're taking over the world. Baby. Taking, it's big they're enough. Taking over the world. That's yeah. all you need. Again, we're really grateful to have Mr. Jeffrey Botkin yes. with us on the show, all the way from Tennessee, a senior advisor at T Rex Arms, and sort of like Renaissance man. I God, think. Godfather is probably um, is probably the, the title. You've been involved in a lot of stuff in your life. Um, you've been uh, filmmaking. Political yeah. consultant, cu- cultural analyst. I mean, so what? What would you describe as 
You know, what What really keeps you busy? What drives you? I want to go back even further than that. Did you grow up a Christian? No. Oh. Nope. Oh. Um, um, grew up discipled by very Marxist-oriented public schools. Really? I, I, was in, I was in a district that was an experimental district. Mm. We kind of had an extra layer of Marxism wow. and critical theory there. Yeah. Wow. So I was a total pagan, you know, and Christ saved me when I, when I was at the university. Oh, wow. And, what what uh, university? Uh, university of Oklahoma. Okay. And oh, you're from Oklahoma. Yeah, Oka- <laughs> Oklahoma. So you know, he's yeah. from Oklahoma. I'm surrounded by Oklahomans. God know what you know, you're doing. You know, I'm from Texas. <laughs> it's all Red River. Okay. Yeah. Okay, just just, just half make up. sure you guys know. Half Are up. you done? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So the Lord saved me very dramatically, okay. and I and I and, and I realized just how badly deceived I had been. And what tools and weapons had been used to do that? Well, schools, education, and the media primarily. Yeah. So I wanted to fight on those fronts uh. and learn as much as I could about all of them, and especially media. And it was at a time back in the 1970s when the media was just owned by the left. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stuff that you guys have in your studio right now, mm-hmm. to have bought that back in the 1970s yeah. would have, would have been – probably north of a million dollars yeah you're right okay wow and so who could get in right well um i did start a political consulting company in washington i just wanted to fight i wanted to do what i could wanted to fight on fronts that might have some some results some impact right i was very young very naive and i i didn't understand just how badly compromised washington was it was a snake pit uh-huh. And I learned a lot about it. Yeah. And uh, in the course of involving my children in the business, because I wanted them to learn, I wanted them to understand the world, I wanted them to understand the spiritual conflicts they would be confronting and encountering in the, in the rest of their life. And it was a really good place to teach that, yeah. uh, to teach them. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so um, that's where I, um, I, and I did set up a television studio there in Washington, and it was one of the only ones not owned by the left. Wow. So so I was able to uh, interact with some of the better guys on the front lines doing the fighting then yeah. back in the, in those days in the 1980s the Reagan administration and, right, and right, further. Right. And um but it's it's not a place I wanted my children to be fighting right. for several reasons. I mean it's very corrupting number 1, but number 2 it's um it's not likely that you're going to see many strategic victories there. Mm. The kinds of things that have been happening here in Moscow, for example, is a better example. Mm-hmm. You know, the hard, faithful work of getting married, having babies, changing diapers, starting churches, Baptizing counseling them. people. <laughs> and it's, this is, you know, this bears fruit. Yeah. Not at the beginning. You can't really see it at the beginning. Yeah. It takes a while. It takes a while. But afterward, it bears, wow, does it ever bear the peaceful fruit of righteousness? Right. And it crea- it, you know, it creates these explosive um, militant operations that can get things done. Yeah. I mean, the, the kinds of messages you men are putting out here, just r- right here, are having an effect. Mm. You know, millions of downloads, right? I'm, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, people are, are tuning in to learn how to think mm-hmm. and how to fight. And today, what did we say? Don't run off half-cocked with your AR. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Study how to respond. That's you right. Know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that a little bit. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there's so much there. I think what what we've seen. One thing that Trump has kind of helped people see is how to fight, or or uh, that, that you should, should fight. Thank you. But, yeah. but but what I mean is like and how not to fight as well. So we see there's some engagement. We need to start pushing back. But then there's this immediate. Let me go run and grab my gun because they just did this. And I love how you were talking about you know the redresses that our forefathers. Put out there constantly for years, for yeah. years, even yeah. while they had an occupying military army, you know. And so, but I think for us, we're so used to an instant got it, instant it's here. And so, the idea of building or fighting over time with the process, with the family and the core of those that that's just too much. That's just that's just way too much. It takes way too much time to do. And I'm not going to see any victories in that in my lifetime. This is going to be a much longer process if I do that. And so that's why I was asking with Hawaii, and it was amazing to hear, like, okay, you're going right to, well, you got to put people in office. Well, what does it take to put people in office? You know, building that up. Could you talk a little bit about the patience and, and um, the blessing in doing it God's way a little bit? Yeah, in terms of reform, and, and, cultural yeah, in reform. Terms of cultural yeah. reform, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we don't want to lean on formulas or tricks, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You know, here, here's one crazy trick that'll do this for you. No, it's, it takes time. It yeah. takes investment. And I think the painstaking involvement of parents just sitting down and teaching their children 
and investing in their children, teaching their children how to think, teaching their children to be so resilient that they can't be fooled by lies about COVID or whatever it might be. Right. And so they become, they rise up and they can become some of those future magistrates and pastors and parents who really can change the culture. And so what I'm a big advocate of just investing time in your family Getting involved in a church that's doing things Monday through Saturday, investing in that, investing in the covenant community, so it's growing and it's being strong, and it, and and if where you see this throughout history, they really did change the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look what happened in Geneva, Switzerland, in just a very short period of time. Right. People who had very little biblical knowledge because they'd been raised in a, di- a totally different corrupt system where you couldn't even have a Bible. Right. They come together, they learn the Word of God, they learn the whole counsel of God, they apply it in their lives, and it begins to spread all over the continent and, you know, into the UK and into, our, you know, into the Americas, finally. And so that's, I think, uh, David, what it's going to take. You know, just yeah. that kind of uh, That's investment. not the answer I wanted, but okay. thanks. No. All right. um, <laughs> I'll tell you something I have learned. Like, uh, uh, before the break, uh, I said I want to take you, uh, say thank you to white people. Um, first of all, white people, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I just, there's some things that y'all done taught me in the last few years that I just want to say thank you for. I've been watching y'all, and it's been amazing to see. And What one, is this? What main, is this? One of the main things that white people done taught me is sue them. Sue them. <laughs> Sue them. And white, I, white, white people don't. White, white people don't tell me that. Yeah, because so I was thinking about your court case. Yeah. And I've, as I'm going through and looking at the cases over the last year with people who have been shut down, yeah. churches, businesses, um, businesses, there is an option to go for the gun. There's an option to skip over and instead instead of going and say, where can I take these? You know, my my, my problems, grievances. My grievances too. And I was thinking, so in the community that I came in up in, there wasn't one time out of all the horrible policing that happened to me, just as an individual, the things that happened, there wasn't one time that it came to my mind, I should sue them, right? Like that, because, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, well, I just, I won't go do that. I'll I'll do what I can not to have to be around that environment. But what I'm learning is I keep seeing this is that lawsuits is a way to push back to make sure that the government doesn't take away your liberties, and it's a way to do it in a peaceful manner right. and to fight the battle without going to there is, you know, there is immediately when when um, I'm in Minneapolis, I get pulled over. and I know what they're doing. There is a, immediately a, a, a attitude for me, which is like, I'm going to fix this now. Right. I'm going to I'm going to fix. You're not going to take advantage of me right now. But there's actually a way to go about doing it where it's like you can make this either happen for you go to jail. You might fix the problem a little bit or you can make sure this don't happen to anybody ever again. And it was I think it was. um uh Chad Vegas, when I was in Florida, who was talking about how they had their freedoms given to them uh, and without encroachment from the government because they they threatened to sue them. Yeah, and he's, in a, he's in a county in California where they were able to remain mostly open throughout yeah. all of this because basically they they, threw a they didn't start suing anybody that tried to they, do something and, and shut them down. And all the the county leaders were sort of like, okay, we're gonna okay. yeah because we don't want ha- and it's it's like I haven't and so I'm thinking about your case and I'm thinking like. It is a very good strategic move to say uh, before we start jumping over to the violence right. and, and grabbing it and doing it in our own will of just saying there is a, a list of me going to you constantly saying, don't treat us like this. Uh-huh. Acknowledge the fact that God has given us these rights and we have the freedom to yeah. assemble, the freedom to worship, to, to bring our grievances to don't do me like that. And so without doing that, we don't we have this lit moment as soon as it's just gaslit. And it's, and it's amazing to watch. I've been watching this happen. It's like, man, if we would have set up lawyers in our community that would have sued for every grief, for every problem where if someone was mistreated, we would have had a completely different. We didn't need new laws. We didn't need new police laws. We, we just needed them to just, uphold the laws we have on the books. We just that's needed. Right. That's all we needed. That's right. And if we would have actually set up that kind of entity. And and use it you and I don't like government money, but if we use that money <laughs> that they were giving our community to do that, we would have had a completely different police force, and Minnesota would have looked at Minneapolis would have looked a lot differently. Mm. And so I just want to say, white people, thank you. <laughs> I didn't learn something, y'all. I'm, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't, but I, I, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I appreciate what you're oh, saying. But but I think you're absolutely right, and that there's you know, there is a lot of recognizing. Um, when when we say for I mean all the things we're talking about when we talk about worship as warfare when you're when you're teaching your kids to sing the psalms uh, when you when you gather with your family to hear God's word preached 
faithfully and applied to your life. When, um, when you, whatever, when you march for the pro-life thing, when you, right, when, right. You, when you run a bill, when you soothe people who have infringed on your rights, yeah. all these things, though, is talking about um, how you know, God is not limited God, God, this world belongs to him. Yeah. And, and so to think that there's only one way to fight is a really, yeah. you know, just think about it. For a second. God runs this place. He, right. he invented the world. Yeah. All of it belongs to him. Uh, you think about, you know, in some of the Psalms, it, it, it will even, it, the psalmist calls on, you know, the sun, moon, and stars, and the trees, right. and the mountains, and the rocks, and all the animals to praise God with them. Yep. Yeah, and and sometimes they're even appealed to as witnesses. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm bringing this charge. Trees, watch this, <laughs> right. and, and it's like right. but witness what, this. What's he doing? Yeah. Well, he's pointing out the fact that the whole universe belongs to God, which means that there's God is not limited at all. Yeah, he, he's not like running out of options. No, no, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. we don't have a concept of and, that. Yeah. And, and so the the idea that yeah, I mean, absolutely, the sixth commandment is is there. And men need to be willing to lay their lives down Absolutely. to protect those who are in danger. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of, uh, of uh, real estate yeah. Yeah. in God's well, kingdom. There's I, a lot of options. Um, in God, and, and so, you know, loving your kids, teaching your kids, walking yeah. with them is part of the resistance, teaching them. Um, even just generationally, I think I think one of the things that we we've got to recover as a as a as a people of God is recognizing that you're growing. If you've ever gardened, I'm not really a gardener. I just read about this, but <laughs> um, but you know, you you put stuff in the ground, and over time, it gets richer and richer if you're if you're feeding that dirt right. If you're putting yeah, the right yeah. stuff in that dirt, gets yeah, richer, gets, yeah. it gets richer and richer, and there's more nutrients in it if you're treating it right. Generations are like that. And so mm-hmm. then, you know, then kids That's and right. grandkids and great grandkids, they got stuff in their bones mm-hmm. that, 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 that more than you did yep. and more than your, your grandpa did yep. and more than your great grandpa did. And then they're standing on your shoulders. And I mean, I look at this already with my kids and they, you know, they, my, my dad was, is a first generation Christian. He came to the Lord in college, um, became a pastor. I, I grew up under his faithful ministry and teaching and discipline. Now my kids are growing up in that. They've been blessed to be part of this community with a whole lot of more yeah. parents and, yeah. and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters in the faith teaching them. And I see things in them and I think, where did you get that? I know. How, it's such a how, blessing. How are you so much wiser? Mm. <laughs> you know, and that's silver. Hallelujah. Gold. Hallelujah. Good. Hallelujah. That's the blessing of God though. And that's, that's something though that, so when, you know, when Gabe, you got arrested. Yeah. And, and where we're out singing psalms, and then you know we we immediately you know we're like okay well we're going back on on Friday yeah right we got to right. go back we're going to go back we're going to stand our ground yep. if they're going to take Gabe they're going to take all of us right right and we and we went in and we sang and you know the, the numbers of the first one was like I don't know a few a couple hundred people at that yeah. first one yeah. that you were you were uh, arrested at and then you know. Pastors say, "Hey, if you want to come, come." Um, Leave your kids at home. Find babysitting arrangements. And, and, and you got you got all these these faithful mothers and stuff. Yeah. Say, you know, saying, "Well, if I get taken to the, the cops, will you take my kids?" And yeah, in fact, yeah, yeah. and you know, and all the men are like, "We're going to be on the outside and the perimeter. They're yeah. going to they're going to take people. They're going to take us first. Um, and we like tripled the number of people there. You know, yeah. six seven hundred people yeah. there at that yeah. next one. And of course, you know, not a cop in sight. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't just like we didn't plan any of that. Yeah. I mean, no. all the naysayers talking about that being all planned in a in yeah. a show. What, like, we didn't plan a thing, but that's the fruit of a lot of faithfulness. Right. That's the fruit of us just singing songs. And you know, we go to we have psalm sings all the time here, all the time. Yeah, and it's easy to sort of get kind of mundane about it. You know, it's like oh, yeah. we didn't sing my favorite one this time. You know, so yeah. like, whatever. It's like or or you know, I don't know. The tenor section was really off. Or yeah. Whatever. And and it's like and but it's a lot of mundane faithfulness. Yeah. It's it's changing the diapers, right? It's doing yeah. the just the, you know taking your wife out and loving her, yeah, being gracious right. to to her, you know, listening to her day, <laughs> you know, are you loving her? That's that's you putting but, down that soil. Yeah, and that's actually the you know. Um, there's a book that American Vision used to have called Diapers, Dishes, and Dominion. Okay, and I thought that's probably one of the best books they've that's ever good. had. Because you know, take that and contrast it against what we heard in the first segment with Joe Biden. You know, if oh, you yeah. want to take dominion, you want to go to war. Yeah, wife, right? And, like, that, and, the that's th- and the thing is to notice, mother, is is, yeah. is that is because this is God's world. When you obey God and you do what He says to do, 
it's way more potent. Absolutely. It's actually way stronger than what the world's doing. They're, they're putting up a big show and they got, you know, whatever money or buildings or whatever, but it's not actually stronger than the kingdom of God. It's not actually stronger than a family that loves Jesus together and loves one another and, and confesses sins and forgives quickly. It's not stronger than that, actually. Yeah. It's, and when you put men and women in their in their in their roles that they shouldn't be in, you're making things weaker. So putting exactly. women on the front lines is yeah. not making things stronger. Right. They're they're weakening themselves. And one of the things that I think Christians have Doug has done a good job teaching us on this issue is the art of pursuing. Um, right. That we don't just you know sing psalms on Friday. So I you know we I got arrested on Wednesday and then we went and sing psalms on Friday. Well, what's next? How do we keep pursuing this down the line? And and that's one of the reasons people have asked me a lot about this. But that's one of the reasons why I'm suing. Yeah, is because I'm I'm actually pursuing the issue as far as I can right. um, get it and all what's, out. What's going to stop them too? Like what? There's no limit. Well, well here's the thing. That. Yeah, here's the thing. Is you know I'm it, with what happened with me. Um, I have no one to address my grievances here locally. I love, I love what you, you posted this online, but you know, you said if they had come to you after what happened, so you, you tell them. Yeah. So if, uh, so my case got dismissed on January 9th. So I got arrested on September 23rd. My case got dismissed four months later. Right. Like the prosecutor knew they were wrong in October at the right. end of October because my the, lawyer, the law of our my, city, my lawyer told actually them. specifically yeah. allows for what we did. What and we did. Guess what law got struck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. And and so the prosecutor knew, well, my case got dismissed uh, January 9th. And then what was your question? And you said, if they had come to oh, me. Oh, yeah. And then so I posted on, on Facebook this last week. If they had come to me, the city council, the mayor, and admitted that they were wrong, well, I, I, there's no need to sue. They've learned their, they yeah. obviously admitted they're wrong. And I'm like, okay, we can make progress locally. Yeah, right. I want it in a public letter, though, because I want some yeah, sort no, of Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's part of it. I think that's part I, of it no, because, serious. because like, I, I I've, been lied to, I've been lied about and all right. this stuff. That all need to be straightened out for sure. Yeah. Right. But at least publicly. But instead of doing that, they gathered back together as a city council and they struck the language that, that actually pr- protected us. Yeah. They said, oh, we, we sort of. Screwed up, and so now we're actually doubling down. We yep. intend to take away your First Amendment rights. Yep. That's what we intend to that's do, and that's, and that's what they passed in their law, which is why I think, well, that at this point, what do you do? Well, you have to ask a judge to look at it, and the only way you can ask a judge to look at it is by taking them to court. And Well, and here's, here's the thing is what you're seeing is you're seeing kind of a political pride, that, 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 that the refusal to admit that they did wrong. And part of it, there's, there's two sides to it. One is uh, if, if you admit that you did wrong, well, you could get sued. Right. Well, if you don't admit you get wrong, you're getting sued. Anyway, right? <laughs> so as a Christian, if right. you do something wrong, right. well, you should go admit and ask for forgiveness regardless of the ramifications of what might happen. Right. You leave that that's, in God's that's hands. That's how Christians, you leave that in God's hands. And if you owe someone damages because you, you know, stole their car or um, uh, took away their First Amendment rights or whatever, if you owe someone damages, then you should make it right. But the way to handle it is actually to ask for forgiveness. And, and we live in this liberal community where um, uh, there's a lot of political pride in what's going on. So the only way to air my grievances is like like Paul appealing to Rome. Well, I'm I'm appealing to our federal courts. Yeah, and I think that's really it's important that Christians figure out how to pursue and how to pursue well and all this to get uh, uh, um, you know because because now we're in a situation, Lord willing, over time since my arrest, the office the cops have not enforced this. Right, have not enforced this. So we won on that short short victory. Right. Um, now the city council's doubled down. And so, well, how do we pursue the issue all the way out to where there's real victory in what we're trying to do here in Moscow? Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, just saying lawfare. I mean, the, the left uses that against us. Yeah. When we begin to use it well, like you're doing, it is a form of fighting, yeah. Yeah. fighting the dragon. Yeah. And right. it's legitimate. And certain certain battles for certain times. There's a time for this one for this battle, this one for this battle. This is the right one for this battle. And, and we don't want to get uh, – so, uh, yes, we're appealing to the courts. We're appealing to Rome. We're appealing to the the federal judge. But uh, the funny thing is that all this has come from the central view of worship. Yeah. We centrally view worship as, as how we fight principalities the, and powers. It's the tip yeah. of our spear. It's the yeah. tip of our spear. Right. You know, we aren't sitting there trying to find, you know, legal battles to go after. We're sitting here trying to engage with the tools that God's given us, mm-hmm. and now we're ending up in legal battles. Well, yeah, right. but, I mean, but look at it. This whole past year has been – based around worship who's going to go to church and who's not right. and those people mm-hmm. who do what god says which is hey 
go to church, <laughs> go work a job, take care of your family. Those are the things that they're being threatened right now and, and, and with, with our liberties. And so just going, right. it's amazing how, I think I was talking with Darren Doan and he brought this up. He said, being a hero ain't that hard right now. <laughs> no, it's just it's doing not. the basic things yeah. and means. And, but it's always been the case. It might have shown us that maybe we haven't been doing those basic things, which is why we haven't had a lot of fights. <laughs> which yeah. is why we haven't right. had a lot of right. battle. Right. And right. we can see right. that those people who haven't been doing those basic things all shut down their churches. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of proving the point that that's what's happened. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So. I think, I think we have to real, realize that you, you have to be, this goes back to the reading of the sixth commandment. Actually, every commandment, actually, most of them are, are put in the negative, they're pro- prohibitions, but they all include in them Westminster confession of faith or shorter catechism. It says that, um, they always imply a positive command. Yes. The command is not only to not kill, um, not to murder, but yeah. to actually defend life, yes. to protect life. Right. Um, but that means then that we have to think that way in terms of all of our liberties. You can't just say, don't take it from me yeah. and hope they will yeah. listen. You actually have to stand positively for it. And that's, that's Romans why. 13 too. Yeah. Yeah. Punish wickedness and reward, praise, uh, praise those who are righteous. Right. And that's, that's right. so that, I mean, that's why we did the Psalm sings was because we said, you know, we were watching um, everybody coming around and the governments were starting to intrude into worship uh, going actually into churches. Into churches so yeah. we took our worship to the city hall mm-hmm. and, and we actually created space. Nobody's bothered us in church at all here. Yeah. Well, right. right. Because right. we took, we took the battle to them. Yeah. You no, know, not, yeah. not, um, flesh and blood, but we were we were bringing the battle to them, right. singing psalms, worshiping God in the public square, and it's the same thing in terms of your business, in terms of your freedom, in terms of your freedom to speak, yep. um, defend yep. yourself, all of these things. Why don't they want people carrying guns in public? Because that's that same thing. Same thing. It's it's men saying I'm a man and I am called by God to defend freedom, life, liberty, and I'm taking that well, seriously. And, and if you think about this, even with the the um, Ninth Circuit ruling on Hawaii, I mean, hearth and home. Yeah. Like, well, my my people are extension of my home. Right. So if I go out somewhere, if I have the right to protect my home, when my wife, my six month old child, and the rest of my other six kids are out, don't I have the right to protect them? Yeah. So hearth and home extends far more than just being right. in, in the home. Okay, Doc, it's all you. You got the last words. Hmm. Well, fighting will take time. And we've got to have the blessing of God on us as we do it. Mm. Amen. So worship can, can really orient our minds to be able to do that. Amen. Yeah. And when we consult, we've got to have consulting. You know, in the multitude of counselors, there's victory. So we can't just go off and, and try to do things our way yeah. on our terms. We need the wisdom of, of men who've gone before us. We, we study history. We need the men around us. We need church officers. We consult with them mm-hmm. so that we have wisdom in the steps that we take. Amen. So I, I think that's what we've got to do because battles are different everywhere. In Moscow, they're different from yeah. Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. that's right. From yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Different from Eastern Europe. Yeah. I mean, they're all fighting a little bit differently. But if they, if they stay geared in on the scriptures and have counsel, they can come up with, with the right way to fight. Mm. Oh, you don't have to go because the organ. I just thought it sounded really good because you got that preacher voice, you know. He was, really he was preaching, started preaching. <laughs> Thank you so much. How do we follow what you're doing? You can go to jeffreybotkin.com. And uh, there's a Jeffrey, website there. G-E-O-F-F. That's, that's right. Yeah. G-E-O-F-F. R-Y. Yeah. And questions. I welcome questions. I, you know, all you guys out there who've been listening to this, if you have questions about anything, you know, how to, how to be responsible. I mean, that's the, those are the biggest questions I get from young men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How to be responsible in your everyday life. Right. Uh, Jeffrey Botkin. Are you questions at jeffreybotkin.com. That's okay. awesome. So you can just you send to me. I'd be very happy to con- that's great. communicate G-E-O-F-F-R-Y-B-O-T-K-I-N-S dot yeah. B- com. Com. Yes, G E O F F R E Y R E Y. Yeah, dot. Okay. Yeah, no, Botkin. Yep. Then dot com. Okay. There we go. Yeah, Gabe, don't help him. No, I'm sorry. I, I was trying to help him spell. No, no S at the end of Botkin. Yeah. No, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, man, yeah, I, yeah. I messed that up. I did the E and the S. Problem. I just before we go, I just want to make sure that um, everyone knows I'm thankful for black people. What? <laughs> you were thinking white people, so I'm. I'm, I'm just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> You know, all right. All right. and Asians and every, you know all okay. the all of them. Well, I, okay, I don't think you. <laughs> if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.